Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ASCA Viewpoints podcast. As always, I am your host, Dr. Alexandra E. Hughes. And well, we have a lot of things that have been changing. Uh, I know I've been gone for a while, and I promise that's for a good reason. I am officially a part of ASCA full-time central office staff. So all of that's kind of been going on, which is why there hasn't been an episode. But I promise we are back. Uh, We, you know, just taking care of all of that good stuff. And it's exciting. It's summer. We have a lot of things that are coming up. I'm so excited to be able to just just jump on the microphone and just uh, say hello because I have definitely missed it. Uh, There's a lot of good things coming. So I'm just really, really happy. I am actually not the host of this week's episode, right? I I say that because uh, Christine Simone from the central office actually took the time to interview me. So since I've been hosting this show, I really haven't had the opportunity to speak a lot about me and uh, the different roles that I'm in and the different positions I'm in. And then, of course, uh, whatever my full time role was at the time. So in light of me now being the education specialist for ASCA, uh, we thought it would be a good time to, I guess, have me on the show and do an interview. So if you are ready to hear about that, maybe hear a little bit more about me and what I will be doing for ASCA, stay tuned. I hope that you enjoy the episode and I will catch you on the interwebs. All right. You've heard of a flipped classroom, but what about a flipped podcast? I'm Christine Simone, ASCA Deputy Director, and I'm here with Dr. Alexandra Elise Hughes, who typically hosts our podcast, but I've taken that role on today, Um, and we're going to see how she feels about that after we get done with this recording here. I'm scared. She's in a new role full-time now uh, with ASCA, so it's a good time to reintroduce her in that new role. Hey, how are you? Hello. How it is weird. It's a flipped thing. I don't know how I feel. Now when everyone's on the show and they're like, "Oh, I'm nervous." I'm like, "Oh, I get it now." <laughs> All right, well, I will control. try to ask questions in a way that makes you super comfortable, the way that you always make other people feel comfortable on your show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I trust you, so it's good. Okay, that's good. Um, so let's start it off with just Tell us about this new role. It's so exciting. Um, So reintroduce yourself, if you will. I guess, yeah. Normally I'm like, hi, I'm the podcast host. Um, But now it's a little different. Well, hello, everyone. We're back again for another episode. Um, I am, I guess, full title, Dr. Alexandra E. Hughes. Um, I am actually (laughs) in a new role. So I am officially the education specialist for ASCA. So I am officially full-time a part of the team with you, with Jennifer, with Tommy. I mean, amazing, amazing staff of people. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm here. It's a new <laughs> new job. We're excited too. You've already done so much with ASCA over the years. And so it just seems like a natural transition. 
Well, it's been fun. It's been, I feel like I haven't actually stopped working because it was like, oh, ASCA before, ASCA now. So it's just ASCA continuing. But it's, you know what? I'm actually really excited because it's something that I love to do. Um, So yeah, so I'm in this education specialist role. Um, So really just (laughs) doing a lot of stuff. What am I doing? Everything, right? We all do. That's kind of what happens, right? In education and we do that. Um, But really I'm focused on a few different things. So obviously the podcast, obviously the education pieces that we're putting out with ASCA. So things like reflections, things like the podcast, um, you know, looking at the the content that we're putting out when it comes to our organization. Um, obviously, ha- we have our two very big kind of, you know, things that we're known for, whether it's gearing, whether it's our actual annual conference. And with both of those different things, you know, they're at different times of the year. They're kind of like our six month marks, if you will. Um, for both of those, a lot of education is put out as far as what we're doing to make sure our members feel that they have the most up-to-date information, feel that they are just prepared when it comes to the work that we do. So I'm really going to be focusing on that. And then of course, throughout the rest of the year, creating stuff that our members can really benefit from. So I'm excited. I'm excited to partner with people. There are some amazing, amazing people that I've worked with in ASCA that I will continue to work with, uh, new people that I'm excited to work with. So yeah, that's kind of the short version of what I will be doing in my job. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about some of the things that you've done previously, but can you kind of back up a little bit and tell us some of your experiences that you think um, prepped you professionally for this? And, mm-hmm. you know, not to make it sound like your job interview all over again, but, you know, <laughs> Tell us about your journey. <laughs> Tell us about your journey. Well, you know, I guess that's fair, you know, because I've always interviewed people for the show and I've always said like, well, tell us how you got to, you know, student conduct and this role and what you did. Um, and I don't think anyone's ever, I think people have heard probably like bits and pieces just because I've talked about it when it comes to just the people on the show. Um, but I don't think I've given like a full thing. So I guess I'll back up. Uh, people know that I'm originally from Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. I've lived all over different places. I've lived in Las Vegas. I've lived in Alabama. I've lived here. Um, enjoyed that. Right. Um, but I guess you could say my student affairs career, if you will actually started off in housing and residence life. So I often say I grew up in housing and residence life. So I completely understand the, oh goodness, the being on call at 3 a.m. and there's an RA and they locked you out and then you got to get up and it's their third time and the room change. Oh my goodness. And doing like a thousand different room change or room condition form check, whatever they are, RCFs, RC, whatever those. Oh my goodness. I remember that. Um, so yeah, housing was the thing did that. I think like most people, you start off in, you know, residence life, you realize that you have a knack for it. You kind of continue with that. Um, and actually while I was in uh, grad school, I started becoming interested in, um, like just this judicial affairs type 
area role. It was kind of weird. We were, I remember we made a, like a judicial board of some sort, kind of wannabe type thing. We didn't really know what it was, but it gave me kind of like that first insight into, I guess, the student conduct or I guess judicial affairs role. And I remember one of my mentors, um, I ran into him at like, a conference one year, like a housing conference one year. And he had made a comment about how um, you're going to end up in judicial affairs. Cause at the time that's what it was called. And I was like, why would I do that? Like, oh my goodness, I would never, but he's, he was just always just right about everything. I'm um, Josh Gazer. That's who it was. Um, so anyone who knows him knows that he's like exciting. He's amazing. He's everything. But yeah, I ran into him like at a conference one year and he's like, well, you need to do that. Or you're going to go that way. I just see you doing it. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm never going to be in that area. I'm never going to do that. Well, lo and behold, um, I had the opportunity one year to get into student conduct and to be a hearing officer. And I did that and never looked back. I jumped over into the dark side, if you will. Um, or I guess you could say I then finally had like an eight to five because, you know, in housing and residence life, you never sleep, never, you know. And then to go into like a like a daytime job, it was great. Um, you know, I'd come in at 8 a.m., leave at five. I mean, theoretically it's still higher ed. So that never happens, but it was great. Like I wasn't getting woken up at three o'clock in the morning, that type of stuff. And so, yeah, so I jumped over into the dark side and I never looked back and I have been student conduct ever since, um, you know, my most recent position, which is what I think people know kind of me for is of course, I was recently at the university of Texas, Rio Grande Valley as the assistant director of student conduct. I was actually there for five years. So did a lot of stuff. I mean, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, stories for days, of course, as we all have in student conduct. Um, but yeah, I was one of those, you know, housing people that turned student conduct and I've enjoyed it. I've also done some other stuff with like Greek life as well as, um, you know, multicultural affairs and et cetera, et cetera, accessibility services. But those were that those are the main those are the main two, my bread and butter, if you will. So, yeah, yeah. that's how I got here. Well, and so much of our membership can totally relate to that. Not only the transition from housing and residence life, but to the the change of lifestyle. And I'm sure you probably also still have the on-call phone PTSD when you walk oh, through yeah. Walmart. Oh, so yeah. lots, lots of uh, similarities there to a lot of our members that you were just sharing. It never uh, leaves. So, right. Uh, so why ASCA then? Why not ASCA? <laughs> All right, right. The student kind of answer. So, you know, I have to tell you, I have been fortunate to be a part of a lot of different organizations um, from the housing side to student affairs, kind of like overall. Um, but what I found was in each one of those, and I've been to a lot of different conferences, a part of, you know, a lot of different organizations having that membership. But the place I felt at home was always with ASCA. And it was so interesting because number one, it was a very specialized or ASCA is, it's a very specialized kind of community, right? We are student conduct, you know, officers, if you will. Um, 
but it felt like home, Christine. It really did. And it, that's what attracted me to it. Of course, the people in it, the conferences. I had so much fun because student conduct is such a specialized role in which we talk about so, I mean, just so many things that are incredibly hard. I mean, from Title IX to the types of cases we deal with. And we laugh and we have a great time and we talk and, you know, we have that camaraderie. But other people in student affairs don't really necessarily understand what it is that we go through and how how taxing, if you will, like how the cases can be. Right. And so I loved the fact that I could be just surrounded by student conduct people that I didn't have to preface like a conversation with and say, okay, this is about to be really heavy. You know, we're about to have this conversation or, you know, not being able to truly talk about something because I know that people couldn't handle it but just being surrounded by people who got it and understood. And then on top of that, I loved the feel of ASCA, that it was, we were a community of people that we were here to help one another. Um, no matter your position, no matter your role. I mean, even with all of you, with, you know, the central office, it was, it was, I just felt like a part of the team, right? I mean, whenever I reached out to get help to around about random, I don't know, random things that we were dealing with at the university, I would bother you or somebody. And I mean, it was always like, how can we help make your job better, if you will? And so, yeah, so that's kind of where it started. If you want to say like, why ASCA? Then I just started getting involved. I started doing things like the podcast. I started, you know, doing things like being, you know, the chair or the vice, excuse me, the vice chair um, uh, for our region at the time. And then I just kept going until finally I got here. So I, I've loved the journey and my journey in ASCA, but I'd have to say the reason why is because it felt like home. I love that. You're definitely not the first person I've heard use that phrase, but I, I love it when people get an opportunity to talk about the camaraderie that we have among our members. And it's really it's the number one thing that people always mention about the association. And so we're so excited to have had you as a volunteer in all those roles and even more excited to now have you on our team full time. It was, I guess you could say I came home, if you will. Aww, that's <laughs> I know, cute. right? You're not, this is, this Put that on great. an Instagram post. <laughs> that, that needs to be the, the content thing, the little Instagram Canva, like, you know, I came home, if you will. <laughs> People All right, great. Gonna, you can you can make that for yourself. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna make that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, in thinking about some of the things you're gonna do for ASCA now in this new role, a lot of the stuff you've done before, your dissertation, webinars, presentations have been related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Is that gonna still be your main focus, or what other educational content are you thinking? Um, so <laughs> that's a, that's a two-part question. Uh, so to answer your question right off, I'm going to say yes and no, because <laughs> that's what any good student conduct officer does. We never actually tell you, right? right. Uh, and what it is. So part of it, I'm going to say yes, because you're right. My dissertation was, you know, on microaggressions at a Hispanic serving institution. Um, that is obviously a specialty that I have. 
But the reason why I'm going to say no is because I really think that DE and I principles need to really be in everything that we do, right? That's just period. That's just something that needs to happen. As, as the young kids say, period with like a T, right? Like I'm, I'm here with it. That's how they, that's how they do it. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first thing that I want to say. Now, the follow-up is that my focus is not just going to be that. There are a lot of things that our organization does as far as educational content that needs to be put out. Now, like I said, a DE&I focus will be in everything, right? We're going to make sure we're keeping that in, in as we develop these things. But there's so much stuff. There's policies, there's laws, there's all these different communities of practice um, that make up, I mean, what we do at ASCA that all have very different focuses and what they're doing and, you know, the people that they're reaching out to and the content that they need and the education that they need. And so that's really where my focus is going to be. It's going to be just how can we make sure that ASCA is really helping our members um, and how can we produce content that's going to make sure that they feel like they are the best equipped to really be successful in such a hard role? You know, one of the great things about all of us is, you know, when you're a practitioner and then you end up in a role like this, you understand the day to day. I get what it's like. I was an upper level administrator, even in that, you know, in that in that role. So I understand what it's like to be at the different levels, to see what that looks like, um, the support that you need, the type of trainings that people need. And yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of what we're looking at. So like I said, yes and no. (laughs) All right. I like that. Um, do you have any examples of what kind of content going forward? Okay. So I have some, what's in the works, but I don't want to say it because you know, like any good conduct, once you say it, then, then I have to do it. And I don't want, you know, cause then I have to commit it to paper. And you know, once you commit it to paper, then people know. <laughs> it's not even paper. We are recording this. So, so I can hold this against you later. Exactly. So people are going to come back and be like, but you did this, you said this. So how about this? Um, I'm going to give one, I'll, I'll give one thing that we're looking to do. So right. one of the things that um, that's not DE&I related, right? Um, that we um, were talking about was that as far as student conduct goes, um, a lot of times when you come into student conduct, you kind of have someone that's bringing you into it. It's a very weird field, right? Like someone's teaching you how to be a student conduct officer. Um, you might have had a mentor, then you kind of get in it or you're put into a role where it's like, as you know, you are the VP or the assistant dean or something. And it's like that student rights and responsibilities, that student conduct, whatever else. Um, we have an amazing um, thing at Gearing, which is our foundations track, which really prepares people for kind of those foundational pieces of what student conduct looks like and everything else. But one of the things we realized was what happens if you get put into that role, you know, the day after the foundations track ends and you can't get there for like another year, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that we were really looking at and that I want to start creating and really working with some people and we've had some conversations is even just like student conduct 101, right? That training that you're giving to um, grad students as they come in, you know, new coordinators, new 
officers, new dean, like whatever that may look like, just to even say, what are the principles of student conduct? How do I have these conversations? How does this work? Because the amount of conversations that I've had, even with people in our field, when they were reaching out to me after some of the webinars was like, how do I start? And I think we often forget that in our roles, right? And even going back to that. So that's one of the things. We're looking at creating some master classes for some other levels as well. So depending on, you know, where you are in the student conduct world and how you feel, making sure again that you can get that educational training and that professional development that you need. So stay tuned. Those are all the secrets <laughs> that I'm giving up now. Right now we're focusing right. on gearing, okay? Because gearing okay. is coming up. That is next month. We're in June right now. Gearing is July. Everyone needs to register. That's what we're going to focus on. Yes. She's, she's giving me this really intent look that is reminding me that there's there's a lot in these next couple of months here uh, yeah. that we've got going. The deadline to register for gearing, shameless plug, is June 30th. Um, please mark your calendars for that. Registration rate will go up after that. There's several different opportunities this year. There's our normal full week tracks, and there's also a number of add-on options for just one day. If that's something where you you know you don't have maybe the t- the time or or the financial backing to be able to do a full week. That's totally fine. Pick out something that's just one day and kind of refresh some of your professional development with that. So uh, thanks for the opportunity there for the shameless plug. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Now back to your regularly scheduled. Now to the regular schedule. Um, Yeah. So if you want to know what I'm focusing on, I'm focusing on all of those things, the tracks, the mini tracks, the faculty, the track court. There's so much happening. That's where my focus is. So yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time of year though. I... Love. I mean, I love Garrett. I, I miss the in-person stuff. You know what I mean? Of course the world does, but I love, I mean, I loved Garrett last year. Last year it was virtual. It was, I mean, I, it was there. I was fun. I mean, I, I was there virtually, right? Because it was virtual like it is this year, but I had a great time and I learned so much last year. I had no idea that this year I'd be on this, this side of the 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 role or the table or whatever but I mean it was great so I definitely encourage people I was encouraging people before so definitely encouraging people now so that's what I'll be working on awesome yes but are you still going to be hosting the podcast I am for a little bit (laughs) so So I I don't have this job full-time now no you don't you don't have this job full-time um sorry all right not sorry I don't know if I like this side um you you, I like to ask the questions um not knowing the questions that are coming next is like, OMG. Um, so yeah, so I'll still be hosting the podcast, but I'm actually super, super excited because I'm going to have a couple things happening. I know there's some people that really wanted to get involved with the podcast. And so we're going to be doing some special episodes with some co-hosts and some different people. So be definitely be on the lookout for some of that stuff um, because we want to hear everyone's viewpoint. But yeah, I'll be hosting it for... For some time. So, you know, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good. That's a relief. (laughs) You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it, Christine. I won't. I'm not going to not going to make you do this. So now it it is nice, though, being the one asking the questions. I think as uh, 
former now former conduct officers, both of us. Uh, I've been a guest on the podcast a couple mm-hmm. times. It, it is kind of it is kind of fun being on this side. Oh yeah, it's it's very student conducty because you're used to asking the questions like, "Who? Where were you? Where were you that night? What were you wearing? What were you doing?" Not that that was the way that I asked questions, but I would I would think that you she's know. been out of conduct for a week, y'all. So she or forgot. It's a whole week, but you want to know something? The problem is I, we're all used to silence. So that's the thing. Whenever you have like student conduct officers, we don't have an issue just sitting there in silence because it doesn't make us uncomfortable because we're like, okay, like, because we know that it makes like the students uncomfortable and whatever it is while they sit and think. So that's the problem. Like now it's like, we're just silent. And then it's like an hour later. It's like, oh, okay. So yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> That's the thing. All right. So I'm going to ask you your favorite question that you always ask everyone else. Um, when you're ending your show, you always ask about books that people are reading, things that are just giving them life and joy. So what is that for you currently? <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I should have known. I could answer that for her. It's giving me joy. You know what? I'm going to say this. Um, As people have, we've all talked about it. You know, I've said it. I mean, at the conference, I said it. This has been the craziest decade. I mean, just everything, right? One of the things that I have been attempting, and I say attempting, to be very intentional in, especially as I'm moving into this new position and just different things, is really being intentional with time. And I say that because, you know, our world moved so fast prior to COVID, right? We were just go, 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 go. We were forced to stop, you know, pause and reflect, shameless plug to, you know, our conference last year, I had to do that. But I mean, in all seriousness, we were constantly just like going and we still are to say the least. But one of the things that I did um, at the close of my last position at my old institution and before I came into this role was I actually went to the library. I got some fiction books. I couldn't tell you what their titles were, honestly. It like literally stuff about, they were like murder mysteries and just different, like stuff, probably some John Grisham books in there, honestly. But I just read fictional books. I laid out, tried to, um, tried to get to some, some sun, you know, it lasted all five minutes because I'm in Texas and it's so incredibly hot. And I said, no, I need to be in the AC. But I was trying to, and I'm currently working on trying to be very intentional in the people I'm, you know, interacting with, making sure I'm telling them how much I appreciate them, making sure that I am giving myself, I think, the love and grace that I always tell people, you know what I mean, to give to everyone else. Um, And really trying to enjoy all these moments, right? Like when I'm food, whether it's food or coffee or this or that. And I know this seems silly. But I think that's what is giving me life right now, right? Like trying to trying to make life a life that you don't need a vacation from. I saw that on TikTok. 
of course. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's great. Of course you did. <laughs> of course. And also TikTok gives me life because I literally, every other word out of my mouth is, oh, I bought this because I saw it on TikTok. Oh, like we were in our staff meeting. Oh, I saw this on TikTok. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm okay. Does it make you feel hip? Yeah. I mean, the students got me on it when COVID started. Cause I was like, what are y'all talking about? Cause they were doing the dances, like the, the dance. Okay. I'm dancing. I mean, people can't see, you can see. I wish y'all could see the dance. They were doing the tick. The, uh, I was, and it's bad because when I hear the songs in the car, I'm like, Oh, I know the dance to this. Um, like I'm 16, but I'm not. Um, and so that's what got me on TikTok because you know, the complaints and everything, but man, Oh man. I, I mean, I even send you TikTok. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole different world out there that I'm slowly finding. Thanks in part to your videos. <laughs> it's what I, you know, it's, edu- it's education. I'm the education specialist. It's education that I'm sharing with you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you so much for that. You I feel are. smarter already. You should. You should. Cause TikTok tells you someone was like, is that a peer reviewed? I said, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I like dissertation, like someone needs to like quote or cite TikTok. I'll see what I can do. You should do that. It's just a thing. Anyways, that's really all I have. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so, so much. I love that. That's the note that we're ending on is just your love for TikTok. And I'm sure that some videos are going to fly back and forth as soon as we hang up from this recording too. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on my show. You having you having me having Mm -hmm. something like that. All right. Well, we're going to make this work. Um, You did a great job. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Okay. Bye, everyone. We will chat on the interwebs. (laughs) Okay. Bye. (laughs) 